0: Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee with Des Roach and me, Lindsay Heron. And we've got a very special guest on the show for you today, Mr Andy Walker. Welcome to the show, Andy. Nice to speak to you guys. Looking forward to getting all your chat. Absolutely. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, we know that you're a, a very, very keen supporter of referees. You've been their biggest buddy this campaign. So without wasting any time, let's get straight into the, the big appointment for the weekend, Andy. Kevin Clancy gets the Old Firm game. Um, it's going to be his fourth Glasgow Derby. Firstly, is he the right man for the job and how do you think he'll get on?
1: I, honestly, I have got no issue with any referee who takes care of, of a game in Scotland. You can count me out of uh, any you know club that thinks referees are, are against them. I, I, I think what I have seen, having been present at the... Um, the presentation of VAR in England some years ago, and a few months ago here in Scotland, I mean, it was sold to us as a, you know, a, the presentation was very professional. It was very slick. Crawford Allen was there, a couple of his colleagues, and it was it was going to be brought in to uh, help uh, eradicate the clear and obvious mistakes that refs can make. All of them can make it, and and that and that's fine. And we all bought into it. But I think the truth is, after looking at it over the last number of months, we are being forensic in our examination of incidents. And I don't know what can possibly be clear and obvious of so many incidents that have been looked at. If you're looking at it 15 or 20 times, um, and I don't think we're using it wisely, that would be my, my call on it.
0: Yeah, it does seem Des, that, that a lot of the calls this season, um, like Andy says, are, are are decisions that just wouldn't have been given, uh, even if the referee had seen them prior
2: to VAR. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, I I completely agree, um, and not to be a after timer, we've said this for long and weary. Why bring it in mid season? The chief executive of the SFA coming out saying yes, there will be teething troubles. No, you don't have teeth and troubles. You get it right. And decisions that have been given and not given this year are quite bamboozling. Um, the biggest one being the handball. That's the contentious issue. Uh, I think that's the the Scottish FA's um, hidden nightmare at this moment in time. The technology works. However, it's the interpretation and the application of the people using that technology and then transferring that on to the on-field referee. Really, I yeah.
1: totally agree, uh, Des, and I just wondered whether—I mean, I'm looking at—I'm I, I, doing as many games in England as I do in Scotland, and obviously it's it's pretty new to uh, the lads up here. But I'm I'm seeing a I'm seeing a much lower standard of the referees in Scotland since but, uh, VAR has been introduced. I don't know whether there's a there's an abdication of responsibility. I don't know whether they think do you know what, we've got another shot at this. I don't need to make some calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, you only need to go back a couple of weeks to the Andy Considine basketball incident, <laughs> the uh, the Alan Main uh, penalty at, at Tanadice. These decisions from the referees and then being looked at at VAR, they are beyond outrageous. It is. It's just inconceivable that you can't come to what looks to me, please correct me if I'm wrong, it looks to me as though it's a clear and obvious error you've made. You don't need to look at it very often. Andy Considine has slapped that ball away as if he's a basketball player. <laughs> Curtis Main was not fouled. I mean, what do you think?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Curtis Mayne, you're a, a, he was just threw himself to the floor, didn't he, in that Tannadise situation. But that's both ends of the spectrum, Andy, isn't it? You're saying that they're they're too forensic on the one hand and on the other hand, they're missing glaring errors.
2: For me, I mean, I, obviously in my profession as a, as a PE teacher, I think Andy Considine has just gave the best example of a spike in volleyball <laughs> that you could ever see. But that negates from the, from the obvious error of the referee on the field of play at that time mm-hmm. and the obvious error of the VAR official at that time. Now, we're not here to to, to criticise referees we're here to try and support our ex-colleagues but that is indefensible and other ones that we've seen gone earlier in the year are indefensible so if you've made an error put your hand up okay got it wrong move on but the biggest thing for me is nobody has come out and, and spoke about these nobody has mentioned anything saying
1: I think this, what we're hearing is, and, and this is what I find quite disturbing, we're hearing from, I, I, I went to the sort of, uh, during the World Cup, we had a sort of update of how VAR had gone in, in the opening number of weeks, uh, maybe the first couple of months, and we were told that decision, correct decisions had improved. They'd gone from ninety two to ninety eight percent. Now I'm happy to admit I challenged a Crawford Allen on that because I, I think there are some times where it's not a right decision. There's you, you, there's, a, there, there's a decision made by the referee, and then they might be advised to have another look at it, and it's someone else's opinion. So many of these. Um, instances, they're they're just subjective, they're neither right nor wrong it should always be down to the referee on the field of play and I think we've lost that a little bit what I would like to see I would love us to follow the lead of the the FIFA guidance that we saw in the World Cup, let's remember that this is a great sport let's remember that the fans are the lifeblood of the game and if we can, let's give them Value for money. Let's try and keep all the players on the pitch, and I totally accept. Of course, players can be really stupid, and at times, yellow cards, red cards—they're necessary. But what I'm seeing over the last number of months is the threshold for a yellow card and a red card—it's far too low.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. You don't seem to be able to make the same type of challenges. I mean, that's incrementally get different over the years, Des, for sure. You look at footage from from Andy's first period at Celtic, for example. I mean, there was some choice tackles. Listen, I totally
1: accept, uh, uh, Lindsay, I totally accept we do not want to go back to the the type of tackles that maybe I was on the end of, and maybe even at times I was guilty of myself, but they were the rules uh, at the time. But I Mm. think if we can just, I looked at that World Cup tournament and honestly if you had a Scottish referee with Scottish Bar, there would have been games where there would have been multiple red cards <laughs> and that can't be right. It just can't be right. We need to they they need to think again about how we are using this this tool. I totally agree with Des. The technology is there, it's working, there's no problem with the technology. I think there was one instance at uh, at Fir Park in Motherwell yeah, when Celtic were there and something, something happened. I don't know what, but
0: yeah, the camera, um, and the camera was trained need, in the wrong spot. We
1: need,
2: we need to use it a lot better. And uh, I again, I, I agree with you uh, in, entirely. So where where does that come from? For me, it can only stem from one place, and it's the education. And the 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 way that the current match officials are being told to interpret it, so it comes from the top, and that's been permeated down the way. Mm-hmm. So, if you are if you're a player and you've got uh, an instruction from your manager, your coach, this is how I want you to to play today. These are the tactics we'll set up. These are the formations that we're going to play, etc. Then, the buck stops with your manager. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is entirely the same. The buck stops at the top and what the information and what the education is being fed down to the match officials and what they're expected to be um, applying and interpreting on the pitch. And for me, simply, it's not good enough. There was some flannel today, Andy. I think uh, Ian Maxwell came out and spoke to one of the
0: news outlets. He didn't uh, do a general press conference, that's for sure, and came out with a few platitudes about how, yeah, yeah, we've had a few, few problems, but listen, we'll be all right, mate, and just stick with us and we're doing our best. I mean, that's not good enough, is it?
1: No, it was absolute nonsense what uh, Ian Maxwell came out with and he didn't address the the issue that pretty much every game I'm going to now, every supporter, uh, forget the colour of your strip, every supporter is concerned about the way we're using VAR. I think we can all accept the technology is working so that it's such a mundane statement to make of course the technology is working but what we really want to address and what we really want to know a bit more of what are you as des has just said what are you telling your referees why are we why are we investigating and scrutinizing every single detail of a possible shirt pull maybe a hand-raised some handball decisions that have been given, others that haven't. And i just seen them as being beyond outrageous. And I, I, was, I was all for VAR coming in. I thought it would really help us because we, we want to get away from these horrible errors. And sometimes, at times this season, VAR has been used very well, but far too often we are, we're not using it wisely. And it, I think it's a real problem for the clubs who are paying for it and I don't know how the players are feeling I don't, uh, I'm don't. i not close to many of the, the current players but they can't be happy with um, with what they're, they're on the end of
0: What needs to, to happen in the summer Andy then in your view I mean what does the SFA and the refereeing body have to come up with to, to change the dynamic here?
1: Well again I'll go back to the presentation that I saw at Stockley Park some years ago when it was introduced into England and I went down to that and I at the time I, I wanted to be on side uh, with the bar and I thought um I reluctantly sort of bought into it and I think if you look back to some of the instances in England again it was too forensic yeah. it was you were looking at far too many minor details and you were ruining the game. It was taking too long. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, we've got to remember the fans and the lifeblood of the game. I was at a game at Firth Park recently and the game had suddenly stopped. No one one knew why inside the ground. And then the game kicked off and about a few seconds later, we heard from the stadium announcer that there was a bar check going on. (laughs) Now, obviously that that had that had passed Yeah, and I know we've not all got big screens but we need to we need a lot, of, how many teams I look at a lot of teams, I look at the way they play, my god they play at 100 miles an hour, we are in Scottish football most teams play at 100 miles an hour and it just delay, delay, delay I hear, I've got the option of working with Sky, I've got the option of listening to VAR and To be absolutely clear, what I'm hearing is VAR. I'm hearing the video assistant referee. I don't hear the referee on the pitch. And one other concern that I might have, and I I won't mention any names, and I won't mention the teams involved, but there was an incident where a couple of things happened in the space of a, a second or two. And I heard the VAR saying the easiest way out of this is if it's offside. Now, that to me is really poor language. It, that there's, there should be no idea that we get an easy way out. What, what you need to do is look at what's happening on the pitch mm-hmm. and just apply the laws of the game. Don't look for an easy way out. That, that's not good enough. And I just think, I do think it has improved in England. And of course, we'll always get these subjective... Um, Uh, decisions that were all, uh, you know, you'll say black and I'll say white, and that's fine, it's football, it's, it's controversial, and we don't want to ever lose our controversy, but it has improved, and we need to try and get to a place very quickly where we can improve, and I think we only need to look back to what I said earlier, look at the guidance that FIFA gave the referees for the world cup there was a very high bar forget yellow and red cards there was a high bar for fouls yep and i i think the referees there took that on board and i think it helped make the product and us watching games wherever you are in the world it helped make it a, a more enjoyable um competition
2: and i i think the most Frightening thing there. Now, obviously, you're in a, a privileged position where you can obviously have access to the to the conversation that that's taking place between the VAR and the referee. But to hear that a match official has said, "I think the easiest way to get out of this is given offside," that's frightening. It's absolutely. It's, it's frightening.
1: It's I couldn't believe what I was listening to. Now, again, I'm not going to mention any names, and I'm not going to mention the game, but that type of language has, it's got no place, and it, it gives me an indication that maybe some of the the people who are operating there, they're, they're not at the ground, they're not feeling the atmosphere. I, I think, and I think one, one thing we could, when you talk about in in years gone by I think if we could get to a stage where we could engage players I'm talking about if they could engage with the referees a bit more um, and I think referees used to feel the game a bit more than they're doing now because they've now got this safety net of VAR it doesn't matter what what I say or do someone will tell me I've got it right or or, or I've got it wrong we are I think the standard of the on-field refereeing has been poor. And I think what we're seeing, that example that I've given you of a VAR Mm -hmm. official saying the easiest way out of this, that can't be right.
2: No, absolutely not. And that that tells me two things. One, the on-field referee hasn't had a feel for the game or hasn't sensed and and, and, and been able to pick up any, any infringement. And as you quite rightly say, He's then went for a safety net to Mm. say, can you check this for me? Can you have an an opinion on it? And the VAR still doesn't want an opinion on it. (laughs) So that's three errors in one scape. And to use the language of, right, let's just give a free kick or an offside and get on with it, that's frankly embarrassing. It would be interesting on Saturday,
0: Andy, if Nick Walsh uh, has something similar to say to Kevin Clancy.
1: Well, listen, I, I, I've been involved in this game uh, long enough to know that you can debate uh, a throw-in on the halfway line for four or five days. Um, so I, I totally... Uh, the one thing we're guaranteed uh, at Parkhead on Saturday is that uh, we'll, we'll, there'll be someone who'll be berating the referee. There'll be someone who'll be There'll be more
2: than, be more than but, one, Andy. There'll be more than
1: one. <laughs> there'll be more than one, but I think... I've got no problem with controversial incidents as long as they're looked at and you get a... I honestly believe we've got a bunch of referees who are doing their best. Again, I'll go back to what I said at the the start. You can count me out of any club that thinks referees are deliberately in favour of one team or another. And we've actually, they've actually got a very good tool to help them with. And I just think we need to get to a place where it's much more acceptable for everyone looking at it and and saying, Do you know what, I don't agree, but I can understand their point of view. I can see where he's coming from there. But the incidents we've talked about a few minutes ago, they are beyond outrageous that you can't get the right decision it, this is not a these um handball decisions you know andy considine the the curtis main one uh, There's there's been others they are beyond outrageous and that that can't be acceptable and i uh, i agree with des it has to come from the very top and we have to be better we have to look to be better this idea that we've gone from 92 to 98 percent correct it's just not right it's not accurate it's, it's quite insulting actually
0: well that's another thing they, they, they should be more tra- transparent in terms of the figures and the stats who's benefited from VAR who's least or not benefited rather from from the, the technology that would that would be a good indicator as well wouldn't it
1: Lindsay, look at what happened down in England a few weeks ago, and they've had it for a good number of years. The, the VAR lanes were drawn incorrectly. Arsenal, I think, were denied maybe a couple of points. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the VAR's working down south as well, but you will get possibly some very high-profile, um, shocking decisions like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I've seen that action has been taken. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think it was uh, Mason. Was it? it um,
0: yeah, Mason. He was taken out, wasn't he? They took him away. He's
1: he's been taken. He's been taken off. he won't be doing it again. Yeah. It it it's unacceptable to make a mistake like that when you've got everything at your disposal. You've got. You've got technical people there who are able to. It, it's not the referee who is drawing the lines. There, there are technical people operating. Um, the apparatus to to, mm-hmm. to draw these lines and to get them wrong, and I think I think Stuart Kettlewell was entirely right uh, to ask for clarification on a couple of decisions at the m- recent Motherwell Rangers game. Yep. It looked to the naked eye as though the lines were a bit wonky, yes. and we have to be very transparent. We have to sell this as technology that's working we have to trust the technology i think most clubs i think every player will buy into the fact of an offside decision absolutely that is now a fact it seems to me that it's a fact yeah and despite despite the uh, the really small margin most people will will buy into that
2: see with the technology and now all these cameras are set up in each stadium. Mm-hmm. They're all standardized, they're all um proportioned appropriately with the lines come in. L- Andy, let's just take it right back. It's the interpretation and the application. The things work. Okay? The computer technology works. I could put my eight-year-old son in front of a computer and he wouldn't know how to use it. Am I going to blame him or am I going to blame the computer? Well, sorry Finn, you're too young. You can't <laughs> you can't work that it's the same as this. These guys are trained They're operating it. They've been up to date with it all. It's just down purely to to human error and human judgment of why this isn't being applied. And it's not happening anywhere else other than Scotland. I don't hear it happening in Spain, Italy, France, Germany, wherever you want. It's only happening within Scotland, and it's something that really has to be identified.
0: The thing is, Andy, the the technology is is more... um... Enhanced in England, isn't it? I mean, for a start, they've got more cameras. They've got they've got better equipment. Yes. Uh, you get a nice, beautiful computer graphic of every potential offside decision, which we don't get. We get a one one view of it from the side of the park. Looks like someone's drawn it. Got, got the ruler out. You know what I mean? We'll do the Celtic Rangers
1: game on Saturday, and we'll have 14, 15 cameras. I, I don't think we'll miss anything. Yeah. Um, when, when there's a Premier League game in England there, there's even more there's in excess of 20 uh, cameras I think for some of the World Cup games my goodness there were 40 uh, cameras, a lot of them are trained on the on the um, on the spectators but yeah. we, we've certainly got enough uh, cameras to, to sell a great product Um I mean, let's not get into the absolute madness where we we can't even get away fans into this fixture. Um, <laughs> but but um, we do have the technology. It does work. Our interpretation and application of it has to improve. And I think, in just a very basic sense, we're, we're being too forensic in our examination of far too many potential shirt pools Potential hands that are raised, it, handball decisions that just beggar belief, mm-hmm. and um, we've we've got to we've got to improve. And I agree with Des; it has to come from the top. There has to be a recognition from Ian Maxwell that speak speak to supporters in general of all the um, of all the clubs in the in the Scottish Premiership. I, I don't think you'll find anyone. This has been a great introduction. This has been a real bonus <laughs> uh, to Scottish football. There, there have been times that it has worked really well, and that that's been great. But the the uh, the cons of it, the um, yeah. the the numerous outrageous decisions, uh, far too many. We have to improve.
0: Can you give us an insight then, Andy, to what your day is like on on Derby Day? I mean, uh, obviously it's a lunchtime start. So you're up early for a a full English, a full Scottish breakfast rather, or you're, or is it muesli for you, and then a, a glass of milk, a bit of
1: porridge in the morning. That, that's my boy. That's uh, my boy. Sure eat, but um, no, whatever time the kick off is, I tend to be at the ground about three hours uh, beforehand. Um, all of our guys will have put all the necessary. Uh, sound technical equipment, the cameras, all the cables—they've been laid the, the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are these guys are really uh, professional, and um, so yeah, I turn up along with all my colleagues. So, for example, I think we've got I think we've got Chris Boyd and uh, James McFadden still in Petrov in our studio with Ailey Barber. Uh, it will be me alongside Alan McCoist and Ian Crocker. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a game that we love. I think we we're all we're all really disappointed that the club seem to be watering down the the uh, the great rivalry. I mean, we're trying to sell it to the rest of the world of a bit in the you know one of the best fixtures, and mm-hmm. and yet we can't seem to allow any away fans in, which is uh, which is really sad. But. Um, we'll we'll go through. We'll we'll have done some of our, my colleagues in the in the Sky office this week will have done various features on yeah um, some of the players that will that we'll see. Sure. And um, we, we I really enjoy even the the uh, the few hours beforehand when we're we're all trying to guess what the what the team is and how it's going to be, play out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all check our you know our, our microphones our monitors and we've now got a VAR um, we've now got a VAR uh, volume and I, I, some people don't like to listen to it I know that uh, some co-commentators don't like to hear the VAR uh, I, I do
2: <laughs> you've and got it cranked I, I'm up always in. you should maybe send I've it got to Hamden
1: it up. <laughs> and, and as, well do you know I don't want to I, I, I do recognise Des I'm in a privileged position and I don't want to that's why I'm not giving any no, uh, of course, names of or games about like that earlier but just as an example of maybe a little bit of panic setting in mm-hmm. from a, a, a video assistant referee where you know an incident happened and oh my god what's what's what are we going to do here well <laughs> there's there's no problem about what you're going to do here you're just going to apply the laws of the game and not come up with any phrase that might say the easiest way out of this well,
2: again again thinking <laughs> on that. I know that obviously there's an observer at the game who's watching the referee and the assistant referees. There's actually a VAR observer in um the, yeah. the place, Claysdale House, I think it is. Yeah, um, yeah, there is a VAR observer in there, mm-hmm. and if that was a comment that was passed, then that has to be picked up. Sure, that has to be picked up because there is someone in there who's who's watching the quality of what those officials are doing, the ones that are not in the field and relaying that information. So, Mm -hmm. as you say, Andy, you're in a a privileged position where you can hear it, um, but that still shouldn't avoid people, I don't mean being punished, but (laughs) people being reminded of what their role is.
0: Presumably you go armed and ready to take on McCoy style, uh, Andy, with a a few uh, pre-prepared bullets.
1: Uh, Well, Lindsay, you'll know (laughs) as well as I do, he's the the easiest company and... um, He loves his Scottish football too. It's great that we've got someone like him who's, you know, making such great strides with uh, so many uh, <laughs> different uh, employers. But he's what effectively what he's doing is he's he's selling Scottish football in the way that we, when I say we, uh, us at Sky, we mm-hmm. do a lot of games, and I know we we get a bit of stick, and sometimes we don't always get it right, but we do cover every single club, and this is our. Showpiece occasion. Uh, I can't tell you how disappointed I am that uh, we don't get a sizable away support. I'm actually wondering if we've seen the end of it because mm-hmm. it doesn't. it doesn't seem to be anyone in either boardroom who wants to wants to have a sizable away support at um, this fixture. And having spoken to, I know when I speak to Ali on Saturday, he'll be you'll be so disappointed that you don't get yeah yeah uh, that's... That, um, that, that aspect of it. And I totally, I, again, I totally accept there is an ugly side to uh, Celtic Rangers and w- w- we don't want to encourage any of that. But as a player, I, I'm born and bred in Glasgow and this was the best game I played in. I hear about everyone uh, saying it's some of the best atmosphere. I'm talking about Players, foreign players, that have come and experienced this, they might have played in Barcelona against Real Madrid, they might have played in the Milan derbies, and they might have played elsewhere in in Europe, and they always say that the Celtic Rangers game was the best experience that they had. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're diluting that at the weekend, which is a great pity.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's Sorry, I, th- I think it's ridiculous, and it's called an old firm rivalry. So if it's a rivalry, there's two people, there's two sides know. to it. Okay, we understand there's an element of any support, whether it be Celtic Rangers, Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, who maybe take things beyond what's far. But it's, far. Uh, but it's but not, it's not it's, to do with that, desk. it's It's not to do with that, but it's got to be that you have both sets of fans in there. They create an atmosphere. This has now gone beyond. It's now business decisions and it's been done above the... But, but well, a Celtic I, I, Rangers I, I, game no. is...
0: The real decision is that I think the Rangers were getting fed up with Celtic fans glorying in doings at Ibrooks, to be quite frank, when uh, they were struggling up uh, after rejoining the Premier League uh, Premiership. Andy, I think you'll probably agree with that.
1: Lindsay, that's true. That's, that's entirely true. And Celtic uh, couldn't wait to do the same. And I think the truth is they cannot stand the sight of one another. Yeah, And that's a great pity because at, when I played, my manager was Billy McNeil. Yep. Uh, he had I, I think it, sorry I know that it was genuine he had a great warmth and friendship with uh, John Gregg yeah. who I saw coming on to the pitch at Ibrooks last week to give Alan McGregor his um, his uh, you know commemorative 500 scheme yep. um, accolade so there's always been this great rivalry but I mean I've got total respect for I'll see Alan McCoy on Saturday I will look forward to to seeing him we'll have uh, a laugh and a joke and then we'll get uh, we'll get down to business (laughs) I'm sure we'll be involved in controversial calls that uh, we might disagree on but um, when when the game is said and done win, lose or draw I'll, I'll still have that same level of respect for him for what he did for Rangers for 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 just being an an opponent in that game, and um, I'm sure it's reciprocated.
0: Andy, we've hardly had a flashpoint in the in the derby so far this season. Um, are we tempting fate? We might get a bundle of them on Saturday.
1: Um, there's always the the chance of people losing it. My goodness, look at what happened at the women's game. Just what was that? A week oh, or two oh ago, when uh, one of the. One of the coaching staff uh, just completely lost it. And on occasion, you do get individuals where, you know, maybe the maybe the occasion's too much for them and they lose control and they can't keep their, their emotions in check. And <laughs> I always go back to that uh, when I see uh, Frank McAvenny <laughs> I mean, the last thing that Billy McNeil said to him on that October day when um, <laughs> he ended he ended up in court with oh, Terry no. Butcher and Chris and Graham Roberts, Ridiculous. the last thing Billy said to him was, Frank, don't get involved. And he did get involved and he was sent off. <laughs> and he gave me a row for not being near enough to him to to help out. Where <laughs> oh, were well,
0: the honours, right, Andy?
1: Billy told well, he told us not to get involved.
0: <laughs> I'm just doing what I'm told. Could have been five in court then, Andy. <laughs> Goldilocks and the three bears, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, That's dear. the one. I know. But I remember, I, I just you're talking about the, the, the away support. I mean, I think when you scored at Ibrox in, that, in the centenary season, the Celtic fans had half of the main stand and the old enclosure at Ibrox as well as the Broomloan stand.
1: I can remember being in a bit, of the main stand obviously towards the the celtic end mm-hmm. and then there was the Broomalone and then there was a tiny section of the the govern stand and now the, oh, the yeah. sandy garden and yep. it is now there was that That's tiny right. section of celtic supporters um in there <laughs> and there was the enclosure if you remember the yeah. enclosure and of the, the of stand. the main stand that who was uh, full of Celtic supporters? Yeah. So,
0: and then the Rangers fans used to called, get the whole of the way end at Celtic, didn't they? The, the old Celtic right. and I, think,
1: I think that might have been around fifteen, sixteen thousand. Yeah, that, that uh, held. So incredible. Yeah, different days, but surely we are big enough to accept that it is a fabulous rivalry. It is a great sell to the to the rest of the world, and if we could just get a sizeable away support. Mm. Um, I think it would add to the spectacle, but um,
2: yeah, we'll wait and see on that Completely agree.
0: Just to wrap up then, um, on Saturday, Nick Walsh is going to be VAR. Des, is he the best man for that
2: job, given that you think he's our number one referee? I think that Nick should be the man in the middle. Right. Now, I know he's already done a couple this year, Mm -hmm. but I'll take it back to what we said before. If you've got a, a, a goal scorer in form, if you've got Andy Walker scoring 10 goals in nine mm-hmm. games or whatever, why don't you play your best man? Right. So for me, I think Kevin is the, the obvious choice, given that Willie done the Celtic game at the weekend there, Don done the Rangers game, um, David Dickinson, it's probably still just a little bit early for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kevin is maybe the obvious one, given that um, next year. But I'm all for if you're the best referee, you put the best man in for the toughest job. And Tell me this,
1: like- uh, Do you think there are some referees that have been promoted to Scottish Premiership games that are not up to it? I mean, I, I'm speaking to, and again, not giving you any names of coaches or managers, but I'm speaking to managers, let's say on some some of the, the lower uh, end of the the Scottish Premiership um they're getting referees that they feel are just not ready and they there it's always been a bugbear there's it's a it's a small club and you maybe get a referee who's got no experience and will give you this game in the Scottish Premiership I know that you have to get experience somewhere but do you think some of them are not up to it
2: I wouldn't um I wouldn't use the 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 the, the phrase that they're not up to it. I think you used it quite rightly that they've got to gain experience somewhere mm-hmm. and it's like dripping in a, an under 18. Or I mean, we've seen it at the weekend Ross County played, was that a 16-year-old yeah. at centre half? They've got to be given that chance. However, I think they've got to be given the appropriate guidance prior to that and go through a, a learning phase. So they will have done championship games. They will have had, um, hopefully, a, a good mentoring process and have mentoring thereafter mm-hmm. it. Where the difficulty comes is If they put them in too early And they've maybe not been up to scratch They need to be pulled back out given a bit more coaching A wee bit more education A football player and a referee is exactly the same They've got to have the right approach And the right process The difficulty is It's not a glamorous job Let's be honest mm. You're always going to be open to criticism So the pool that they've got to, to work from At the category one level Is going to be smaller and just to go back to, to, I don't say they're not they're not good enough. I would say they just need a little bit more appropriate coaching. Mm-hmm. Would that be Would that be fair?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I totally accept that they need uh, experience. We all we all need to get experience in whatever walk of life. But uh, when I speak to some of the managers and coaches, they're they're feeling as though they're being. Some of them have been promoted and they're not ready. Yeah, and i it's can... because. It's maybe because VAR is requiring some of the senior refs to be operating yep. at that level and hang on a minute, we've not got enough numbers, let's just promote these guys and
2: it's a numbers game, it's a numbers game, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly.
0: Andy, good luck on Saturday. I hope everything goes smoothly for your broadcast at Celtic Park. And let's hope that uh, Kevin Clancy makes a number of major errors so Des and I can talk about them next time. (laughs) Let's hope Very good. Good to speak to you, Des. Take care. You too, Andy. Take care. See you next time on Get Involved Referee.